Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II coming to you from the campus of Cleveland Community College. This is C19 TV uh, Studios here. We've got a lot of stuff that happened here uh, at the C19 TV Studios. Uh, you can find all of those archived online at c19.tv. Uh, I'm here with a, my good friend. Uh, this is a Nicholas Joseph Fury. Nicholas Joseph Fury <laughs> right there. Uh, didn't even know you had a middle name. Um, I didn't know that you know, either. I didn't either, not until yeah. recently. I know. So, uh, I know. so good to see you, man. How yeah, are mom you? never told me about the middle name. <laughs> Greg Tillman, the uh, C19 TV uh, station manager and uh, the uh, my, my, my co-host, reluctant co-host. Very like reluctant. Re reluctant hero. Even after what, almost two years. I know. I still don't know why I'm here. I know. Well, and I've got I've not gotten better either. Well, but yeah. I, you know, everyone knows <laughs> that. I don't know why I even it's, have to say it. You know what? It's better than talking to myself. And I do is it that. really? <laughs> I do it a lot. So trust me, because when that I talk to myself... That doesn't sound healthy, but in this case, it yeah. might be well, healthy for the viewer. Well, when I talk to myself, I end up talking back, and that's when it gets really strange. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I'd like to see that <laughs> next week on Meet Me at the Movies. Yes. Tim, Tim, are you here? Tim Foster, there on the Tim Camp? Yes, to him. he is. He's good to see you. Good to see you, man. Yeah, you, you know, you always have those... You, when you, you're you feeling okay today. You're not feeling great, but I know you're excited. Uh, we do want to congratulate Gardner-Webb University, uh, the uh, running Bulldogs basketball team, the men's basketball team. It's not a sports show, but this is big news for, for Cleveland County, the first yep. time ever yep. that uh, we have had uh, an NCAA appearance uh, for the uh, running Bulldogs, any team really in this county. So it's big news. So congratulations, yep. running Bulldogs. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, and, and next time we meet, uh, we'll, we'll see if they're going to start making their way toward the Final Four. We'll, well, we'll you're, you're, you're optimistic. I'm I know. optimistic. You have to be. Absolutely. It's in your job description, exactly if nothing else. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've also got a few more interviews. We, we had uh, one of our viewers, uh, was it John? John Rudisell? Yeah. John, uh, send, uh, call out to John Rudisell. Appreciate uh, the emails that you send our way. And uh, he said he appreciated the interview show that we did recently. He really enjoyed that. Well, we've got a couple more interviews we're hoping to, to uh, get in today uh, as well with some other filmmakers. And um, we also did get uh, some non-viewer mail. Uh, this is in relation to the uh, Trilogies show. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I know can't we say had that. that. The Trilogy show yeah. that we did recently. This comes from Julius L. Esquire. Julius L. Esquire. This is from Lawndale. From Sounds Lawndale. fancy. Fancy, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's fancy. He, he said that he really enjoyed the show, although several of his favorite trilogies did not show up. I would highly encourage you both to consider doing a sequel to the trilogy show. First of all, I'm from Upper Cleveland County, and I don't know, I don't know any Esquire families. <laughs> that name doesn't ring a bell, but I think he has a point. I think he does, too, and I, th yeah. I think we'll do that. But you know what? If it's a trilogy show, it ought to be a three-parter. So, trilogy on trilogies. Yeah, so we'll do a sequel, and then we'll, we'll see what's left over, and then maybe we'll kind of expand it to cover franchises. That maybe the worst be. trilogies. Worst trilogies, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, thank you so much, uh, Julius uh, from Lawndale. We appreciate that, and we will take you up on that. Well, uh, let's dive into this, uh, to this movie review for the uh, film uh, Captain Marvel. Um, you know, there was a lot of interesting buzz going into this. The, the first uh, Marvel uh, female-led 
film, mm -hmm. if I'm getting that out right. Right. Uh, DC did it with Wonder Woman, and now we've got Captain Marvel. Uh, there was a, a lot of buzz leading up to it. Uh, there were some uh, technology bots out there that were trying to destroy this film even before it was released. Why? I, you know, I did don't you ever know. hear why? I, well, I, you know, I think it's a competition. I, I really think that somebody paid them from another studio to wow. try to to try to hurt Disney and what's happening DC? with the MCU. Are we talking D? Maybe Who I knows? don't know. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make yeah, any suggestions. Uh, nothing on, on the that. record. Huh? But uh, you know, there was a lot of negative buzz. Yeah. And some of it was, uh, you know, you could say maybe some was legitimate, but others was definitely not. And there was there was intentional. Um, some intentionality on trying to hurt this film's opening weekend. It didn't happen. No, it didn't it work. It did not happen. The opening weekend for Captain Marvel uh, ended up, uh, you know, just breaking all sorts of records uh, for this kind of film, for this time of year, and, uh, you know, one of the top openings of all time. Something like $154 million domestic. Yeah, opening weekend, and that's just in the U.S., but yeah. worldwide, almost half a yeah. billion dollars. Yeah after all was said and done. So uh, did not impact the box office too mm. much. You and I both got a chance to check this out. We so did. give me your thoughts on this. It's a, um, it's a prequel origin story. Right. But it ties in to everything else we've been seeing in these 20 plus films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Had a good soundtrack. <laughs> Brie Larson was, Brie Larson was good. Her character I thought was underdeveloped. Okay. I mean, it looked fantastic. Every dime they spent was on the screen. Yep. Uh, nice to see Samuel Jackson back in the mix a little more yeah. than he has been in more recent Agent Avenger movies. Yeah, nice to see him. Yeah. And I think they digitally they made him younger, I with think. With him and with, yeah. with Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Jackson's like 79 years old. Is he really? I think so. Well, yeah, he doesn't look so. it in that movie. No, he does no. not. I enjoyed it, but not as much as I thought I would. Okay. The story was a little muddled on, maybe a little slow in the first half hour or so before it picked up speed. I hesitate to say I was disappointed, but I was a little disappointed. Okay. Well, there, there was a lot to try to cram into this film. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're it was trying. a little overstuffed. There was a lot going on. Yeah. Because you're getting uh, an origin story, but it, there are a lot of flashbacks, yeah. uh, a lot of things of her trying to recreate in her mind who she was. You know, when we're first introduced to her, she doesn't have memories of her past other than these glimpses that happen because she's being tortured. Right. And through being tortured, she, she starts having these flashbacks. Right. And so she's trying to piece together who she is. Uh, there's some great casting in this as well. Um, you know, I really found this to be a lot of fun. I do think the story, there was a lot they were trying to do and maybe too much. That's, that's where I feel that, that overstuffed is probably a, a good, good thing for that. But I thought there was a perfect balance of humor um, when she was cast, Brie Larson, I was not a big fan of the casting. I, I thought, I think she's a great actress, but I just couldn't see her in this role. I was surprised. I, I thought that, that um, she really was solid. She was. She was funny. Yeah. Um, the chemistry between her and, uh, and Nick Fury or right. Samuel L. Jackson really was, uh, it felt organic. Yeah, it worked. It felt organic. Um, you will see friends from the past, as we talked about, and, and also you're, you're going to meet some new friends, including a, a cat named Goose, which, uh, yeah, which the cat, is pretty interesting. You think the cat stole the movie? I think the cat was a great little um, punchline to the yeah. movie and, yeah. and uh, some good comic relief throughout yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there were some uh, twists and turns that if you're comic book fans and you're relying completely on the source material of the comic books, you might be surprised. 
Uh, I know some of the people I, I, I talked to who were huge comic book fans of really? Captain Marvel were surprised. Uh, sound design and the soundtrack both were just really, really solid. Yep. And it took me back to my college days or even my early days of working with you at Headline News. Yeah. Some of that music from that time period. And so I, I, I thought it was a worthwhile popcorn flick. I think anybody looking to escape uh, will enjoy it. Just so you know, one of the things I'm going to be doing um, later this week, I'm going to a 4DX screening of this. What is that? 4DX is a, uh, a new technology that's kind of taking you into the mindset of what would happen at, at a, uh, a Disney theme ride. Uh, for instance, it's 3D, but also the seats will go back and forth. Okay. Um, if there uh, is an explosion, they'll pump in fog, like from, from stage fog from you'd see on a, a stage show. And right. so it's a very immersive experience. Interesting. Um, Charlotte uh, is one of only 16 locations in the country to have one of these, and they're just opening one this, uh, this week at Regal Cinemas wow. um, uh, out at, at Phillips Place. And so I've got a... Uh, invite to that, and so I'll have to give you a. a yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with Ticket prices are going to be about twenty, twenty-two bucks. So well, it's going to be, it's going to cost more. But if you want that kind of experience, it may be worth it. I'll give you my review of that when we come back. And I hate time. to compare it to a ride I took at Carowinds years ago, and of, of a SpongeBob. Yeah. yeah. Virtual thing. Right. But it was 3D, and the seats yep. moved in relation to. Sounds somewhat yeah, similar in a way. Yeah, it does. It really does. It, and so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll give you my take on that. Yeah, but, okay. All but right. I'll be seeing it on that screen. But the sound design and, and the soundtrack really were fascinating. Oh, yeah. What review, I mean, what uh, rating did you give MCU? Uh, I'm going to go with a B minus, B minus, actually. Okay, yeah. B plus for me. Um, and uh, Thomas also gave this a B plus. So there you go with, uh, with the Captain Marvel. Um, I do want to tell you about a, uh, a foreign language film that is uh, getting ready to uh, open. Uh, it opened recently, a psychological drama starring uh, Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem. Um, this is directed by Oscar winner uh, Ascar Ferrati, uh, who did uh, the movies, Spanish language films. Uh, he, well, he did films The Salesman and Separation. Uh, he's an Oscar winner. He doesn't speak Spanish, but he's directing this psychological Spanish thriller, and uh, he's Iranian. And so it's interesting trying to figure out, okay, how do you direct a foreign language film when you don't speak the language? How do you do that? Well, you're good. That's how you do it. And he is uh, an amazing talent, and he wrote and directed this film uh, that stars, uh, as I said, Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. Um, I got a chance to talk to Javier about the cultural impact of, of cinema, and also specifically this film, and he really had some uh, high praise uh, for uh, for the Oscar winner uh, and director Oscar Ferrati. So you want right. to take a listen to that interview that we yeah. have a chance to do? Let's do that, and then we'll come right back with a break right after this. So, hi, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, you have had an amazing opportunity throughout your career to take on multiple film roles. You found success uh, in bringing compelling characters to life in multiple languages, regardless of the genre. What is it that attracts you to a character, and what is it that you found compelling about this role in the film Everyone, Everybody Knows? Well, thank you very much for what you said. It's very uh, nice to hear that. <laughs> Whatever is true or not, I don't know. <laughs> but I tried. Uh, in the case of Asghar Farhadi, there is no doubt. When, when, if you really like performing and you like, and you are an actor to like to perform and to stick to the truth, 
while you perform, if Asga Farhadi calls you, you just say yes. You don't need to read the script. And that's what I did. I met him like two years before the, the movie was shot, and I sat down with him and I said to him, whatever it is, if you're asking me if I want to work with you, is yes. I don't know how big the role would be. I don't know if I will be one day or three months, whatever it is. And it happened to be a great role in a great movie. <laughs> It is a film that looks at secrets, dysfunction, family history. Why do you feel that this story is able to resonate across cultures and across languages? Well, I think that's what he does as a movie uh, movie director. Uh, he really brings uh, situations that we are uh, capable of uh, of understanding, no matter where we live and what's, what what language we speak. That's what he does with uh, separation or the salesman, or about Ellie, his all his filmography. I remember watching a separation in Spain in a movie theater and being so affected by it, so touched by it that I, I could uh, barely stand up when the when the credits were rolling, and I thought if I could work with a director like this one day. And funny enough, uh, I have the the blessed to be able to work with him. So that's what he does, and that's what great movie directors do. Movies that really appeal to all of us, no matter where we're coming from. And this story is about people going through very tough, serious circumstances, but dealing with it in a very human, recognizable way. And that's why we are moved by it. I find myself really fascinated by the international scope of this film. You had a Spanish-speaking film, yet the director did not speak Spanish. And so I'm fascinated by how that worked and wondering about the dynamic. Were there challenges? It's funny because, of course, that's what you might think is going to be problematic to have a director that does not speak or understand what I'm saying. But it was, it was not like that at all. There was nothing lost in translation. We had uh, uh, two amazing translators on set, and, and it was very fluid, the whole communication. And... And on top of that, he's a great actor's director. He knows exactly when you are lying and when you're not. And, and it doesn't matter what language you're speaking. And you could not really escape from the eyes of the truth that he's always owning behind the camera. And that was great as well. <laughs> How did this amazing director capture the Spanish life? Uh, not speaking the language, not really uh, familiar with the culture, what were some of the things that happened behind the scenes to make sure that what we saw on screen was authentic and real? Well, he spent a good year in Spain, uh, like going, traveling, going to different places, reading about it, uh, having Spanish classes because he actually understood some words and he kind of understood uh, the dialogue that we had to, to say. But... And yes, he asked for some help here and there, but he mostly brought everything by himself, which is extraordinary. Having in mind that he's from from Iran and does not really know uh, much about the culture and about, especially the relationships, the way we relate to each other, in in a little in a little in a little village like the one is shown in the movie. And our guest, Javier Berdam, I just want to say thank you so much for this time. You have been marvelous. You've been wonderful. What an incredible talent that you are. And I just want to say blessings to you 
uh, your wife and your family. And uh, thank you again for this time. Thank you very much and bless, blessings to you as well. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, really, again, appreciate uh, any of these filmmakers that give a chance to, to let us talk to them. I still can't get over an Iranian director who doesn't understand or speak Spanish directing a Spanish yeah. language film. Pretty fast. It's kind of like Abba, though. Yeah, it you is. You know, Abba had tons of American hits or in English. Absolutely. And they can't speak yeah. English. Maybe yeah. they can now, but yeah. then they... So anyway, fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the film is Everybody Knows, and it was uh, a big, big hit at Cannes, and uh, it's going to get uh, uh, international play as well. And I think really good films, it doesn't matter the language. And right. I think we're seeing more and more of that now, that uh, if, you're, if you're willing to take the time to dive into the story, it's well worth it. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with a review of Apollo 11 and also interview the director uh, and the editor of Apollo 11, uh, Todd Douglas Miller, right after this intermission on C19 TV's Meet Me at the Movies. Paul Prudhomme once said, you don't need a silver fork to eat good food. Well, on Cleveland County Kitchen, we don't have a silver fork, but we sure do serve up lots of good food. Hi, I'm Deborah Blanton. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. Each month, we offer a complete farm-to-table experience. We visit local growers, we learn about nutrition, and wrap things up with wonderful meals prepared by our guest chefs. It's a lot of fun. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. Be a part of building the future. Be a welder. The welding technology program at Cleveland Community College prepares you with the science, the technology, and the skills to be a successful welder. Experienced instructors using state-of-the-art equipment train students using industry standard skills developed through classroom training and practical application. Successful graduates are in high demand and are employed as entry-level technicians in welding and metalworking industries. Learn more. Call Cleveland Community College at 704-669-4077. Education is our most powerful tool to improve and change our world. Hi, I'm Rhonda Benfield, your host for School Matters. Join me for a new program every other week with information from and about the students and staff of Cleveland County Schools. Discover what our schools are doing to challenge students and help them reach their full potential. You can catch us on Spectrum Cable Channel 19 or stream us live on C19.tv. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. Hope you're doing well. Noel T. Manning II here, Mr. Greg Tillman uh, over there beside camera one. And uh, back on the uh, Tim Cam, got Tim Foster. And I know he was a little bit lonely. He only got uh, to show up on, uh, uh, on camera once during that last break. But I noticed that, and he reminded me of it. More than one. I know he talked to you during you know during the break and uh, Javier. I'm sorry, man. Javier said he needed more time, and he said that in Spanish, but it was interpreted 
through uh, an Iranian director. So that's how so it got mixed that's up. That's how it got mixed up. So I do well, His contract states a certain number of appearances <laughs> exactly on the show. Right. But there it is. That's, that's, that's 10. Well, you're already up to four, so you should be okay. Uh, come back, give you one more. Give you one more. All right, that's five. All right, that's halfway through. Six. Six. Uh, seven. <laughs> eight. Nine, no, eight. Okay. We'll save the other two. He's holding the out end. to the end. We'll save it to the end. Uh, new film. <laughs> that was nine. New film, <laughs> Apollo 11. <laughs> This is a documentary, 50 years in the making. Uh, Todd Douglas Miller is the director and editor for this. Uh, we're going to interview him shortly uh, on the show. And um, Thomas Manning, my, my son and I, got a chance to check the screening uh, out uh, at an IMAX theater. Uh, this is all original footage, so 50 years old. Um, all of the audio from this, 50 years old. Uh, Miller, one of the things he did was he, he just he scoured um, all the archives. Um, he worked with NASA, he worked with CNN Films, uh, and they got a release from NEON uh, to get this a wide release. And uh, it is absolutely, let me just say, visually it's stunning to watch something that was shot on that kind of footage that we've never seen before. Yeah. And uh, the amount of people, one of the things that really blew me away, and Thomas too, just the amount of people it took to make this launch happen. Oh. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, sure. and you get a chance to see that. You know, and, and you think back looking at the movie Apollo 13, you see Mission Control, but you don't see the hundreds of people in Mission Control. I mean, we're talking hundreds. Mm -hmm. And it just, that fascinated me more than anything. And for the fact that this was able to be a success, the actual landing. Oh, it's incredible. And them With coming the technology back, they had 50 years unreal. ago. So this movie follows the start, you know, before launch, get to know who these, uh, who these astronauts are, you get to know a little bit about the mission control, who they are, and some of the audio you're hearing is from them, some's from the astronaut, some's from Walter Cronkite, yeah. uh, and other uh, audio archives that they pulled up, but it's a fascinating uh, documentary to watch on film. The music, music was original to this. Todd Douglas Miller will talk about that music and how that happened as well. But I, I was just a, a really unique and personal glimpse at something that we've all heard of and all, all know about, where we're seeing it from different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the amount of people who were viewing it in parking lots, on beaches, mm -hmm. and, and you have these flyovers of helicopters seeing these hundreds of people sitting there just waiting for this chance to view history. Oh yeah, I'm a little older than you. I remember the Apollo landings and missions probably better than you do. I remember oh, 11. Yeah. I remember 13. I remember all of them. Uh, and I was fascinated as a kid. Every kid, every little boy at least, wanted to be an astronaut when he grew up. Yeah. And yeah. You, you look at it, at it now and you realize how primitive compared to today's technology the technology was then. This cell phone here right. has like 10,000 times the processing power of, of NASA's most powerful computer then. Yes. They would literally look out the windows with the sextant and try yes. to figure out where they were like, yep. like they did on the high seas. 500 years ago, yeah, it's incredible, yeah, amazing. It really is, and you get, you also get some footage from, um, you know, inside the, the capsule, and you get to see footage that you probably haven't seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, if you get a chance to see this on the big screen, if you are a fan of history, if you're a fan of space history, especially, uh, it's worth it for that, if nothing else. Thomas, when we left, he said, you know, he says I've, I've seen two documentaries on the big screen recently. Um, they shall not grow old. Yes. He said, and I saw this. And he said, I can't believe that I've seen two A-plus documentaries on the big screen. And I, I'm right there with him. An A-plus for this just because of the technological achievement.
to pull something like this off, if nothing else. And so Apollo 11, well worth checking out. We did interview Todd Douglas Miller, and uh, he, he spent about five or six minutes with us. He's going to talk about, uh, about some of his thoughts uh, about the making of this film. And, uh, and first, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, let's dive into that interview with Todd Douglas Miller. Hey, Todd Douglas Miller. This is Noel Manning. I hope you're doing well today, sir. I'm doing great. How are you down there? Hey, I am wonderful. I am absolutely wonderful. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about uh, this magnificent Apollo 11. Wow. Uh, what a fascinating journey uh, that you have uh, taken with this project. And uh, I've been a fan of uh, space exploration, both in documentary and in, in the sci-fi world since I was a kid. For you, what was the driving point where you said, oh, I've got to take something that is 50 years old and make it new again and find ways to show people and audiences things maybe they've never experienced before? Well, it just it really started off as an editing exercise. You know, could we tell the story of Apollo 11 through all archival footage uh, and materials? Because uh, that, of course, included uh, all the audio materials as well. Uh, so it started uh, off as that, um, simply with uh, pretty much everything that, you know, people had uh, come to see, uh, you know, the images over the decades. Uh, but that quickly escalated once we were given new materials to work with. That included uh, uh, a cache of uh, large format uh, footage, as well as uh, over 11,000 hours of uh, Apollo 11 uh, Mission Control audio. Were you surprised by how much was out there that people had not had a chance to experience, uh, especially in this way before? Absolutely. Uh, it was uh, as shocking as when people go to the theater and see it. It was as shocking to us uh, when we were first alerted to it. Uh, but it wasn't, um, I, I would say, the, the most shocking was when we saw uh, the very first images uh, of the large format uh, footage, uh, film footage. And uh, those were of the, uh, of the Saturn V being rolled out uh, to the crawler. Uh, and we realized that it wasn't just large format uh, footage shot from the ground, but that these cameras were actually, um, they were aerial shots. So they had put these cameras into helicopters. Uh, wow. So we realized the production quality right away, uh, and that was very significant. How many years did it take you to uh, do this from development through uh, where we are now? Well, I would say that I, I wanted to make a film like this my whole life, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> okay. it goes back quite a ways. Uh, but when we really got into it, it took about three years to make. Wow, wow. That, that's, that's actually pretty impressive considering the amounts of footage uh, and audio you pour, you pour through. Uh, one of the things that's really interesting to me on this also is the soundtrack. Talk about that soundtrack, and there's something a little different about it um, relating to the period, correct? Yeah, and, you know, I'm just so proud of the entire team uh, that we had working on this, from the sound guys to the film restoration uh, experts. Uh, but certainly uh, the music uh, was something that um, we spent a lot of time on. Uh, it was made by a longtime friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other forever, uh, my music composer, Matt Morton. Uh, he came to me very early. Usually when we do these things, we typically have... Um, you know, uh, we use uh, uh, temp music and then we go in and we post-score the entire film. Uh, Matt came to me very early and wanted to uh, use all instrumentation that was pre-1969 and he wanted to pre-score the entire thing. So from an editing standpoint, that was great because I had the music to work with before I yeah. even started with the scenes. 
Well, I, I am a big fan of documentary. I have been for years because it really is, uh, it is truly uh, showing audiences and letting the story unfold many times in the voices of those who were there, and that is definitely the case here. Um, any final thoughts that you want to make sure you share with audiences uh, as they are exploring uh, Apollo 11? Well, I think it's just a testament to uh, the people back then and how uh, just when a great number of, of us come together, we can accomplish great things. And I hope everybody checks it out on the big screen. Todd Douglas Miller, our guest right here on Cinema Scene, and I really appreciate you talking about Apollo 11. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Todd. Thank you so much, Todd. Am I supposed Douglas. to edit that out? <laughs> Thank you so much, Todd Douglas Miller. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about your film, Apollo 11. Uh, that was uh, the director and the editor. Uh, for this project. I uh, do appreciate everybody tuning in right here on Meet Me at the Movies. As always, you can send us your email, uh, info at c19.tv. Uh, Tim Foster, the Tim Cam, I think that's uh, sighting number, number 10. 10. I think we just made it, so I'm glad we did that. Uh, Greg Tillman over there beside uh, camera one. Uh, appreciate you, buddy, as always. Uh, and uh, I'm going to give you a quote of the week. We always wrap things off with a, a, a quote of the week. This is a film that ties into NASA and space aliens. This comes from uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. This is from Howard. You know, crazy? Crazy is building your ark after the flood has already come. So there you go. For this week's Meet Me in the Movies, I am Noel T. Manning II, saying thank you so much for your time. And that's a wrap. Happy